Good morning, Hallows Church. My name is uh, Peter Gatata, and I am uh, I'm one of yours. I'm a brother from another from another location up in Edmonds, right? That's where we worship, and uh, it's been a minute. You know, it's good to come back here and uh, be able to share in God's word. And uh, today uh, we'll be uh, reading from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, from verses 35 to 48. Now, if you've been part of our church, you know, we've been on this uh, teaching series from the Gospel of Luke for the last couple of months. Uh, you know, this uh, chapter is rather long. Uh, it's had some uh, rather challenging uh, subjects. And today's subject is, uh, it's, it's exciting, I think. Uh, it talks about being ready for the coming of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I hope, I hope uh, by the end of this message, you know, our hearts will feel encouraged. I hope we'll feel uh, just uh, excited for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, I will ask you just for a moment to stand up while we read God's word, and then we'll uh, proceed from there. Uh, Luke 12, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 35, onwards to 48. Be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You must be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Those slaves, the master will find alert. When he comes, will be blessed. I assure you, he will get ready and have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, those slaves are blessed. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Lord, Peter asked, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at the proper time? That slave whose master finds him working when he comes will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, that slave's master will come on a day he does not expect him and an hour he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and didn't prepare him himself or do it will be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did things deserving of blows will be beaten lightly. Much will be required of everyone who has been given much and even more will be expected of the one who has been entrusted with more. Please be seated. So this morning, the subject at hand is about being ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, for those of us who have already made a commitment to follow Jesus, uh, we, in a sense, are ready for his coming. But the question remains is, uh, are we ready for his coming right now? I believe there are some times in our lives when we don't always feel ready for the coming of Jesus. That would rather he come when, uh, maybe when we're in a revival meeting, 
you know, that would be a good time for Jesus to come when, when our hearts are all prepped up and excited. Uh, sometimes we probably don't want him to come when, uh, uh, when we are having a good time, you know, like on a vacation, you know, like just want to chill and relax. And uh, maybe when we go back home, Jesus can come back then. So there, you know, we 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 don't always feel prepared, and uh, and a lot of a lot of Christians kind of live with apprehension about the return of Jesus. Uh, and I know when I was growing up, uh, I did read some books and watch movies on the Left Behind series. And if you know anything about the Left Behind series, it's all about the rapture. It's all about being, uh, you know, suddenly taken up to heaven, you know, by the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and all they seem to emphasize is that one point of the coming of Jesus, the rapture. And so by the time you're done listening or watching a movie or reading that book, you kind of feel apprehensive. apprehensive. Like you, you don't feel excited about the coming of Jesus. As a matter of fact, you kind of feel... I don't think I'm ready. Am I going to be one of those who's going to be left behind? You know, you cannot, you're left questioning your readiness. But thank God, because this morning, from our passage, you know, we are going to see at least three things that Jesus instructs us on how to be ready and prepared for his coming. Yes, we can be ready for his coming. It is possible to be ready for his coming. And one of the, one of the things we're going to look at is that Jesus calls us to live with eager expectation of his return. We're also going to see that Jesus calls us to live with an expectation of his sudden return. But also we are going to see that Jesus calls us to live with an expectation of a final judgment. And it's that final judgment that kind of scares a lot of people. Because at the end of our life, we are going to stand before God. And we are going to give an account of our lives. How we lived. How we conducted. How faithful we were. We will be required to give an account. And so Jesus uses this opportunity. He'll talk a little bit about that. About what's going to happen at the end time at the judgment seat of God. And we'll be there. So these are some of the ways that God, Jesus, this morning is encouraging us to observe for us to be ready. Number one, we are to be ready for Christ's return with eager expectation. And Jesus uses a parable to express this point. Uh, look with me in verse 35 and 36. He says, be ready for service and have your lamps lit. You must be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Now, in most cases, if you read other translations of the Bible, the words you're going to find the Bible using is, let your loins be girded and your lamps lit. Now, we don't talk about, we don't use that language here today. And that's why our modern translations, you know, kind of give us the, the, the interpretation of what Jesus meant. To have our loins girded in those days, you know, people in the Middle East, they would wear long flowing garments. And with those garments, if they tried to run, they probably trip over the garment. So to have their loins girded meant grab that garment from the bottom and just stack it in your belt and just be ready for work. That's how anyone prepared for work or prepared for travel. 
And so Jesus is using this parable and illustration to build that image in the disciples' mind, in our mind, how we can be ready and prepared for his coming. I don't know about you, but have you ever anticipated or waited for someone you love? Have you ever waited for someone that you really, really love? Like you can't wait to see them. Maybe just text them and say, wait, can't wait. Can't wait. You know, there is that anticipation. There is that longing. There is that expectation that when I meet this person, it's going to be great. And I think that's the image Jesus is creating here. There has to be a relationship already between the servant and the master that they are longing for the coming of Jesus. And you know, if we love Jesus, we are going to long for him. We are going to long for his appearing. Now, there are some believers out there who are actually going through a lot of suffering. I can guarantee you that those believers out there, they desire the Lord, the, the coming of Jesus almost every day. Sometimes we don't have that longing because our life is good. You know, we are, we're comfortable. And so there's nothing to worry but Jesus says here, there is, we ought to have that longing and expectation. Now, I know when I was growing up, I would wait for my dad to come home. My brother and I, sometimes my dad would not come up until after midnight. And so that was kind of scary because we loved him and we wondered, is he okay? That was not regularly his time of coming home. So we would just lay in bed, staring at the wall, silently and quietly, just waiting to hear the, the sound of his car pull up to the driveway. And even before he could honk the horn, my brother and I were right there opening up the gates for him to come in. And that was amazing. That's because we loved our dad. We wanted him to be okay. You know, and so there is that longing and desire that we want to see Jesus this savior, this amazing master who has changed our life. I cannot wait to see you, Jesus. We got to have that anticipation. We have to have that longing. And for believers today, we know where Jesus is. It is no surprise. We know that he is in heaven because it's recorded in scripture. After his resurrection, the disciples, as they were having conversation with him, this is what happened. Jesus was taken up into heavens. Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And so Jesus is going to come the same way he ascended. He's going to be coming on the clouds. We will see him. He will be visible. It will be visible. But our job is not just to sit there and stare at the sky. And the angels say, just go back. Get on to your business. Don't just sit there. But at the back of their minds, they knew how Jesus would come back. Praise his name. Secondly, Jesus challenges us to be ready or encourage us to be ready for his return by expecting a sudden return. He's coming, as, well as, as many people out there think that they can pinpoint a date or a time when Jesus will come. That's not so. That's not what the Bible teaches. Listen to, listen to these words from Jesus in verse 38 through 40. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn, and finds them 
alert. Those slaves are blessed. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. It could happen anytime. Jesus could return any moment. And I know at the back of your minds you are thinking, you're right. No, no, not you're right. Yes, right. That's exactly what Jesus says. When we are least expecting, it could happen any moment. And so Jesus says, be ready. Because my coming will be unexpected. It will be sudden. I don't know what you were doing uh, the year of 1988. Sounds like so many decades ago. But in the summer of 1988, a former NASA scientist circulated a booklet claiming that Jesus would return on September 12, 1988. And tens of thousands of copies of the book found their way around the United States and to various parts of the world. It was surprising that some otherwise sober Christians had read the booklet and were alarmed. And some of them actually pulled their children out of school in order to be together as a family when Christ came back. When the prediction failed, the author, Edgar Weisenant, revised his prediction, saying his calculations were one year off and Christ would return September 1, 1989, or if not then, on Rosh Hashanah 1990, or 1991, or 1992, or at the least between September 15th and 17th, 1993. Of course, those predictions also failed, but the damage had been done. Many lives were disrupted and many people had false expectation aroused and dashed by the publication of the booklet. Despite what people might say out there, we do not know and we cannot know when Christ will return. And that's why he uses and compares his return to that of a thief. And yes, I know it's not a very positive illustration, but it is the truth when, that we can all relate with. A burglar, a thief does not wait when everybody is watching for them to break in. But it's when we are least expecting. That's when a thief would break in. But Jesus is not a thief. That's what he is saying. The point that he is making is that his coming will be unexpected. Just like a burglar breaks in when we are least expecting. And we don't wait to deadbolt our homes after breaking. We proactively take measures before the break-in. We put security systems, we put alarm systems, we put cameras, you know, we, we put deadbolt and everything, you know, sensors all over the house so that we can deter the coming of the thief. And so Jesus, that's the point he's making. You do not know when I am coming back, but you ought to be ready. You ought to always be ready for my coming. There is no time for spiritual complacency. We cannot take a break from being Christians. We cannot take a break from being faithful. There is no time for that because it could be just that moment when we compromise that Christ may come back. And here I came back from a Pentecostal background and, and part of the, the, the teaching there is, is a works based. And it will be that if I maybe sinned and Christ came back the next hour, I would automatically miss heaven. 
And that was kind of scary to leave like that. So I endeavored to study the text and find out what exactly does the Bible teach about the coming of Jesus. And I want to thank God because for believers like you and I, the salvation of Christ, being in Christ, we are in a sense ready for his coming. We will not be ashamed at his coming. We are looking forward for his coming. We are ready to receive him. And that is what Jesus is encouraging us in this text. That gives a warning that says, watch out though, watch out. For you do not know the day or the hour. But on that day, here's Mark's gospel, but on that day, all that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, for you do not know when the time will come. Now I have to say though, Jesus wasn't lying when he said that he does not know. Jesus wasn't concealing the truth when he said he does not know. He did not give them a date. They would have wanted to have a date. But I think this is why the Bible teaches about, you know, a theory called kenosis theory of Jesus. Jesus being fully God and being fully man, when he put on his humanity, there were some divine attributes that were probably set aside. And so he did not know everything. He did not know some things. That was God's prerogative at that time to determine when his son would come back. But now we know Jesus is in heaven. He is exalted as a matter of fact, he will be the one doing the judging. He knows when the time of his coming is. But we humans do not know. And our job is not to worry about his timing or the specifics of his coming. That's not what Christ wants us to do. Christ wants us just to be aware. Be aware of how I will show up. Just be ready. And so Jesus puts on a caution. Uh, let me read uh, uh, 2 Peter 3.10. Peter was there when Jesus said these words, but he wrote in his epistle, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. You know, you can tell Peter kind of got it because, you know, he later writing to believers, he put those words in his epistle. But uh, Jesus does tell us how we're going to do this. Is we are to be like smart, ho uh, smart homeowners who do everything possible to secure our homes. But I have to say though, unfortunately sometimes death might precede the coming of Jesus. Just last yesterday in our neighborhood and our, we had a neighbor, Miss Leona Castile. She was 92 and she couldn't be able to go to church because of our age and transportation. But we had been talking with Leona, we've, we've just fellowshiped with her, she knew the Lord. And, and yesterday, God, God demanded her life. God called her home. But the joy that we have as a family is that Miss Leona Castile was prepared. She was ready for the coming of Jesus. We may not live to see Jesus coming down in, heaven, in, uh, in the heavens, but he might come for us sooner. He might demand our life. And that's what we saw, I think, last week or last two weeks in the passage about the rich fool. You know, the rich fool said, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm just going to tear down everything and, you know, uh, just, just keep growing my wealth and just take a chill. 
But Jesus said, you fool, your life will be demanded of you tonight. And so it is either death precedes the coming of Jesus or Jesus' coming precedes our death. It's either or. But it will happen. It could happen in a moment. None of us know the time when we will be taken out of this world. And that must be why we are always ready. And Jesus says, Jesus says uh, through the gospel of Hebrews, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, not later. This is the day, this is the hour to make things right. Because we have no guarantee of tomorrow. We, no, we have no guarantees about tomorrow. Even though we plan. And yes, Jesus wants us to plan for the future. But he wants us to plan with in mind that he could come any moment. Many of us here today may not own a home. But we each have a heart that we call home. Being ready for Christ means that we open our hearts and minds to welcome Jesus. In the book of Revelation, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. As long as we are dining and fellowshipping with Christ and walking with him daily, we are going to be ready for his coming. We will not be ashamed of his coming. We will be ready if he calls us through the agency of death. We will be ready. So being ready for Christ means that we are eagerly longing for his return. But we are also expecting his sudden return. And thirdly, as we are going to see in this passage, Jesus is calling us to be ready and expect a final judgment. Living with the expectation of a final judgment. It is at this point in the passage that Peter kind of got a little bit confused. For he asked, Lord, in verse 41, Peter asked, Are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? And if you know about Jesus and his teaching ministry, when he spoke in parables, he usually spoke to those who hadn't believed in him yet. You know, he's speaking stories so that people can relate. And so Peter, one of the disciples, just want to know. I, I have taken care. I'm, I'm good on this side, Jesus. I have trusted you. I've left everything to follow you. Like, is this for us or for everybody else here? And Jesus answers in the form of a question. He says, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food at the proper time? And Jesus raises a question of stewardship. There is work to be done, Peter. And we know when Jesus was being taken up to heaven, he told them, this is what I want you to be doing. I want you to be my witnesses. And Jesus did not leave us empty-handed. He gave us his Holy Spirit. I mean, we have the tools and resources we need to do the work of Christ. 
And failure to do that will be consequential. Because we have everything we need. We have a new boss. We have a new master. Jesus now is where we go for our instructions. We don't live for self, but we live for him. He is our new boss. And the boss has given us tasks and responsibilities. And the New Testament teaches about this. Each and every person has been given a gift. And we use those gifts individually and corporately to get the job done. There is a job that needs to be done. Because at the very end, we will give an account of what, or what we did. We'll give an account of our actions and of our faithfulness. And we see here Jesus say, you know, the servant who was faithful with a few. When the master came, he was given more responsibilities and he was given responsibilities over a lot. Faithfulness begets faithfulness. That's going to be the gauge that we receive our reward in heaven. Absolutely. There will be people who will get a whole lot more reward, but thank God we won't have a chance to be jealous because we will all be converted. Everybody will be content with their own portion. And Christ doesn't call us to do someone else's part. We just do our part. We just do our part. We collaborate. We work together in what God has called us. And you will be rewarded according to that. Each will be uh, required of what has been given to them. To those who have been given much, much will be required. To those who have been entrusted with much, much will be required. And sometimes I dread even being a minister of God's word because some of the things I say here, I will be held accountable. And I come here with humility. I come here with humility and saying that I, 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 I want to be faithful in this ministry. I want to be faithful in this calling. Because I will stand before God and say, did you do your homework? Did you rightly divide the word of truth? To be ready for Christ's return is to be faithfully obeying him in the present, actively engaged in whatever work he has called us to do. But Jesus, this is a caution. Just in case, just in case we are growing weary and tired. This one servant here, this is what he said. But if that slave says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming. And starts to beat, and, to beat the male and female slaves and to eat and drink and get drunk. Unfortunately, this happens more often than not. I'm sure you've read about someone who had been walking with Christ and they are no longer walking with Christ. And you know Satan. Satan is a master thief. And one of the things he will begin to steal from us is that truth from, from our minds. We begin to think that Jesus has delayed his coming. We begin to think that we have more time. We begin to think that we do not need to continue walking holy lives and righteously. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he will finish us if he can. And Jesus gives a warning. Just says, 
Just be careful that we don't go that path. Because it is easy to think that all we live for, it's been 2,000 years, where is he? It's been two millennia. Where is Jesus? Is he even really coming? Is, this, is the stuff we read in the Bible actually true? And that's the one that Jesus says, if that so happens, when he comes back, the consequences will be bloody. For he says that servant, he will, he will be cut into pieces. And the Greek word is the Greek word dichotomy. From the word we get dichotomy. Just going to be cut up into pieces. I can't even imagine how that's going to be. I don't know how that's going to be. But Jesus says, I hope we don't get that, that, that place of being unfaithful. We have work to do. It is dangerous to assume that just because Jesus hasn't come that he has delayed his coming. It is dangerous to let down our guard and become spiritually complacent. We need each other to encourage one another as we wait the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need to check on each other. That at least none of us is drifting away from the faith. Here are some sobering words from the book of Revelation about the final judgment. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them and I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened another book was opened which is the book of life the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done then death and hate were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There's going to be accountability for both believers and non-believers. Every single person will be judged based on the knowledge that they had of the truth. But I praise God because we that have trusted Christ, when we stand before Christ, we will not be judged for our sins. Our sins have already been judged in Christ. But what's going to be evaluated is our faithfulness in our stewardship, in what God has given us. It's going to be an evaluation. It's going to be levels of reward. It's going to be degrees of reward. It's going to be a beautiful time. But then there's the other side of it, where those who have distrusted Christ, those who have disqualified themselves from following Christ, Christ says there's going to be a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's how Matthew puts that verse. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be sad. It's going to be a sad day. We have an opportunity to make things right. And that's the beauty of the hope that we have in Christ. That every hour, every moment, we can make things right. We can be ready 
We can live without expectation of the soon coming of Jesus. Yes, we can expect him to come suddenly. Yes, we can. We can be ready. And this morning, there could be people who've never made that commitment to follow Christ. You've heard the gospel preached. But you keep ignoring the gospel. You keep ignoring the truth. You don't have forever to make up your mind. Because Jesus talks about the disobedient servant. That servant knew his master's will, but yet just decided not to do it. That servant will receive many blows, a severe beating. We've heard the truth. We live in a nation, in a country where the gospel, where the message of truth is, is communicated in so many ways. And it's sad to think that we are going to be accountable for all that. Unlike those who do not have the gospel, God will judge them. God is fair. And he will judge them on the criteria that they knew. And those are the ignorant ones out there who, for no fault of their own, have never heard the gospel. And Jesus, the Bible says that they will receive light beating. Yeah, yet they did, they, they are sinners. Nobody's going to get a free pass. But here is where lies our job. Our job is to go to those who are ignorant and get them the gospel. That's the mission. It delights Jesus for people to come to him. He wants to see as many as can come to him. And that's our mission. That's our assignment. We that are left. But we collaborate. We work together. We use our gifts and abilities to bring the ignorant to faith. To share the message of the gospel. We can be ready this morning. We can be ready for the coming of Jesus. There is great joy and delight. We can be ready. Praise his name.